Bibles this morning, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. One verse of Scripture this morning we'll look at as we continue our study on spiritual warfare. Today we want to take a look at the next piece of armor that Paul mentions, and that is the shield of faith. He says this in Ephesians 6 verse 16, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith, in other words, the word wherewith there simply means for this purpose, take the shield of faith for this purpose that you will be able to quench how many fiery darts? How many? All of them? In other words, anything Satan can throw our way, this shield of faith will deflect? Do you really believe that? Amen. All right. He says, in order that you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Listen, for the child of God who stands behind that shield of faith that God gives to us, there is not a thing Satan can throw your way that this shield will not defend off if you will make the choice to stand behind this shield of faith. The problem with many is we, we, we think we can handle it our own. The problem with many is we say, well, this shield sometimes becomes a burden. It's just so heavy that I just can't carry it anymore. Listen, God gave you that shield of faith to stand behind when it seems like your world is crashing in. God gave you this shield of faith to stand behind when it just seems like from all angles, Satan is just throwing all these fiery darts, these flaming arrows your way. And if you're an, an average person, don't want to say normal because that makes it sound like some people are abnormal, I guess. But if you're the average person, listen to me, you will receive flaming arrows from Satan. And you will receive them on a daily basis. So when those arrows come, don't, uh, don't think, well, well, I must have done something wrong. You know, God's not pleased with me. No, that's the battle you're in. That's what is supposed to happen, you know, because we are in this spiritual battle. So as we've mentioned, Paul drew this idea of the Christian's armor. You know, as he was looking at this Roman guard, Paul was in prison. He was chained to this Roman guard. And as this Roman guard stood over him, Paul began to observe the way he was dressed. Paul be began to observe, you know, all the pieces of armor that he was wearing. And Paul said, you know what? I can probably equate each one of these pieces of armor to the Christian. In other words, I can probably take each one of these pieces of armor and say, look, God has given us this in a spiritual sense in order that we will be able to stand daily in the battle that the enemy is going to bring at us. So Paul begins to continue looking at this Roman guard, how he was dressed, and the next thing that Paul brings up is this shield of faith that this guy carried. Of course, for him, it wasn't a shield of faith. It was a shield of protection. So Paul began to look at this. So, you know, wh where, where does this shield of faith fit into the defensive armor of the Christian? Now, with Paul saying, and here's where some people misunderstand, when Paul says here, above all, okay, it doesn't mean, as some take it, most especially or primary or most importantly. That's not what that Greek word means. You know, the Greek word simply means in addition to or besides. Now, if you've got a newer translation, it will use one of those two words. You know, it'll either say in addition to or besides all of these things. 
Because sometimes when we see, well, it says, you know, above all, that that making this a priority over all the other, you know, pieces of armor. That is not what that passage of Scripture is saying when you go back to the Greek. It simply means in addition to all of these other things, take the shield of faith. Perhaps with some allusion to the fact that this shield protected the breastplate as well as the breastplate protected the man. And there may be some reference here to the kind of double defense which comes, you know, when, when, when we wear the breastplate and, and we stand behind this shield of unwavering faith. So let's take a look this morning at this shield of faith. There were two kind of shields that were used in ancient warfare by the Romans. You know, the first one, you know, was a small, you know, shield that, they, as you can see in the photo there, they kind of stuck their arm through, you know, and, and as the, uh, in battle, you know, as someone was swinging a sword, boy, they could just throw that shield up, you know, and, and, and dodge the sword. The sword would hit off of that shield. That's one type of shield that they carried, you know, during this time. But another one was a large shield. A large shield could be planted in front of the soldier and, and fixed in the ground if need be and, the, and would be pretty much cover the entire body. This shield here, you know, it was, it was a large shield and I believe this is the one that Paul's referring to here in this text, you know, which he describes to us. The word connected with the Greek word of this shield means door and it gives the idea that this shield was a rectangular oblong shield about the size of a door. And that's why the Greek word is used there. And, the, and, and they would stand behind this. And as they stood behind this, they were untouchable. You know, they were, uh, uh, un, uh, you know, be, not be able to got, uh, get to. And it's this kind of shield that Paul says that we are to have as children of God. This shield that will protect everything in front of us, not just the little shield where you got to duck and dodge, you know, looking like Muhammad Ali or something. You know, it's, it's this shield we can just stand behind. Satan can shoot all these fiery darts at us we want or that he wants, and it's going to hit the shield and bounce off. Now, let's talk about this this morning. Faith, like a shield, protects us from the attacks, from those flaming arrows delivered by the enemy. So just as the, uh, the shield shielded the entire body of a soldier, folks, so our faith protects our body from all the fiery darts, all these flaming arrows that Satan throws our way, you know, every day of our life, every day of our life. Look, if you are in the battle, if you are on the front lines, let me tell you something, you will not get rest from the enemy. He is going to come after you. He's going to continue to come after you, and he is not going to let up. So our shield of faith will do, do a couple of things here. First of all, it will guard the head along with guarding the heart. So if you're standing behind this tall shield, you know, your head is underneath the shield, so it's going to protect your head. It's going to protect your heart. And the great advantage uh, of the shield to the ancient warrior, whether it was the large one or the small one, consisted of the fact that it was a movable defense. In other words, the small one is you could, you know, take and move your arm and defend a sword or just whatever. This big one, no matter where you go, you could take and you could move it here. You could move it here. You know, if the attacks are coming from this way, you could turn around and plant it there and you could continue to stay behind that shield and not be exposed. So that is, this. It, it, it was not fixed to just the head or the feet or the shoulders nor the waist, 
but it could be moved around to protect you no matter what fiery dart Satan throws and from what direction. So it covered the entire body if need be. And, you know, here's the way that they could use it in battle, and they did use it in battle many times. There would be some in front, and they would hold that shield. There would be some in the, you know, behind them who would hold the shield up. So it didn't matter if fiery darts were coming from, uh, from above or straight at you. This shield would defend the Roman soldier. And, folks, we can do this very thing today with these shields. Now, I want you to notice something about this picture. How many, is there just one man holding up all them shields, is there? Is there just one person? No, what? It is a group. Folks, that's what we are as a church. We help hold up a shield for each other. We come together as a church. We come together as a body of Christ. We come together and we hold up these shields, you know, to protect one another, just like the Roman soldiers did there. It's great to know that we as God's children can be protected from those flaming arrows, from those fiery darts, you know, of Satan, whether we're standing behind that shield or whether we're standing under that shield, that God has made available to protect us from the attacks of Satan. The question is, are you standing behind it? Or have you laid your shield down saying there's just no use? He's attacking me to the point that, you know, I, I, I'm about dead. He's attacking me to the point that I just can't go no further. Listen, pick up the shield. Amen or oh me? Pick up the shield. That's why he's provided it. And if need be, if, you're, if you, he's got you down to the point that you're to, so weak, get somebody else to help you with the shield. That's what we're for as brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's not forget, Satan's attack is twofold. In other words, there's two ways that Satan will come about you, okay? First of all, he's going to attack the head. You know, he's going to attack the head. Now, what do I mean by that? As with Eve... What he'll do, he'll lead us into questioning just what God has said. And once we begin doubting what God has actually said, he's able then to fill our head with doubt, to fill our head with fear, which it leads us to thinking. And if you look at today's society, here's exactly what happened. It leads us to thinking that, well, maybe sin ain't so bad. Maybe this sin I'm involved in isn't as bad as what I think. Maybe it really isn't as bad as what God said. Maybe I really un misunderstood what God said about this sin that I'm involved in. Listen, that's an attack of the head. Anytime you go to doubting God's word concerning sin, Satan is in your head. Are, are you with me? And, folks, that's what has happened to this society we're living in. Satan has attacked the head of so many people. He's gotten into the head of so many people. People do not see anything wrong with sin. Why do you think there's not really even a debate no more on same-sex marriage? Because Satan has got into the head of the people of this, of this country, really all over the world, I guess, you know, tell them that there's really nothing wrong with that. There's really nothing wrong with that. Listen. We can't allow him to get in our head. He is going to get in our head. He's going to get us to thinking, well, sin ain't so bad, you know. Maybe God didn't really mean this. And, 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 and then he gets to think, well, it's not going to be punished. God is not really going to punish this sin in my life. That's the way Satan attacks 
the head. Okay, now listen. So many people live defeated lives because they allow Satan to get in their head, thereby controlling their way of thinking about sin and the consequences of it. That's what I mean about Satan getting in your head. That's what I mean about that. He begins controlling your way of thinking about sin and controlling your way of thinking about the consequences to it. In other words, everybody's doing it. Now, I guess that is true. If everybody's doing it and it's okay, oh, no. No, it's not. If everybody's going to hell, you want to go with them? We can load up a bus right quick if you want to. No. Look, just because everybody's doing it, folks, does not mean that it is right. Then having succeeded in drawing us into the act of sin, he follows up almost invariably with the second attack, and that is the attack of the heart. So he's done got us thinking, well, sin ain't, this sin isn't so bad. I, I really probably misunderstand what God is saying in his word. And because it's not so bad, there's not going to be a consequence to it. Now he goes after the heart. He done got you thinking, right? He's done got your wheels turning that this ain't as bad as what some people say it is. It's really not as bad as that goofy preacher over at Fairview is preaching that it is, okay? And there's not going to be a consequence to it. So once he's been able to control your thinking concerning the sin and lack of consequences of it, he's then able to cause us to believe that our sin is so bad. In other words, now he takes and turns it. That our sin is so bad that it can't be forgiven. You say, wait a minute, I thought he just convinced us it wasn't bad. But now, once he gets you thinking it's not so bad, now he comes after the heart. And in your heart, he says, hmm, that's a pretty bad sin. I don't think God can forgive that sin. You done went too far. God will never forgive you now. In other words, you know, we get to, he, he, he gets to tell us, why would God forgive you? I mean, look at all, after all, look at what you're involved in. After all, look what you're doing. Why do you think God would forgive you? Not only that, how can he forgive you? Look what you're doing. Look what you're involved in. How could he? Do you really believe a true child of God would act that way? Now, come on. Do you really believe that? You see how he can get in our head, then come to the heart, and begin to get us to doubting the forgiveness of God. Look, this is what the shield of faith can do. It can guard our head. It can guard our heart from those attacks of Satan. And don't forget, these attacks, these flaming arrows, these fiery darts, they're not designed to kill us physically. Don't miss it. That's not what they're designed for. They're not designed to kill us, physically speaking. Rather, what they're designed for is to get our focus off the battle. Look here. When you begin to allow those fiery darts to get your focus off of what God desires for you, then you're focusing on the fire that he started in your life. And if you're focused on this, you can't be focused on the battle. So if he can get your focus off the battle onto this, then he's got you licked. You know, I've told you this before. There's only one person that I know of can look at the battle and look at this. 
Anybody remember who I told you that was? Jack Elam. Now, if you don't know who Jack Elam is, bless your heart. Jack Elam's an old Western person whose eyes go that way. Oh, you didn't know that, Lyra? Bless your heart. <laughs> Ooh. I've got a shield of faith here. You can't attack me. All right, here, here's the thing. It's not designed to kill us, brothers, it's to get our attention off the battle and lead us into sin and then break our fellowship and our relationship with our Lord. Look, if you watch very many Westerns, which me and Debbie, that's all we do nowadays, that we've gotten old there. We sit in our chairs, rocking chairs. We've got a rocking chair in each, each one of us in our bedroom. We turn on Channel 100, watch Gunsmoke, watch Cheyenne, watch uh, Wagon Train, watch, watch all the good Westerns, okay? And here's what... Oh, really? You're old, too, aren't you? Here, here, if you watch very many Westerns, here's what you'll find out. When those Indians begin to surround the fort and attack the fort, they shoot those fiery arrows, okay? Those arrows are not designed to kill the soldiers, even though now and then one will hit one, but that's not what they're designed for. They're designed to set buildings on fire, Okay? especially if they can hit that ammo, you know, dump. They're designed to set these buildings on fire. Now, what happens when the buildings get on fire? The soldiers take their focus off the battle, and they begin, you know, fighting the fire inside the fort. So now they've got some of them off the wall, and it's a whole lot easier for them to take the fort. Folks, that's what the fiery darts of Satan is all about in your life. Listen to me. If he is shooting fiery darts at you this morning, the purpose of that is not to kill you. The purpose of that is to get your focus off of the Lord onto these things that are happening in your life because when he does that, he's got you licked. Why is that? Because you've come out from under your shield and you've come over here to fight this fire. And here's the thing we must understand about that. It's not our responsibility to put out those fires. It's God's responsibility. And if we'll stay underneath that shield of faith while these fires are all around us, listen, God will take care of those fires. But the moment you lay down your shield to go fight the fires in your life, then you're lit. He's got you right where he wants you. You focus off the battle onto these flaming arrows that he's put your way. And it's because we're no longer in the battle. We're living defeated lives. Many are living defeated lives because they're trying to put out fires of life that they should be allowing the Lord to handle for them. So standing behind the shield of faith that he has provided, we will overcome any fiery dart he sends our way. Now, the next thing, our shield of faith receives the blows which are meant for us, okay? Look, during any battle, one thing that is for certain, blows must be expected. If you're a child of God and you're living for the Lord, you can expect blows because you're in the battle. 
and there's never been a battle fought, okay, war or whatever, that there wasn't blows delivered to everyone. Look, no matter how much protection you have, you will encounter blows from all angles. But if we stand behind this shield of faith, you know, it's going to bear our blows. It's going to bear the strikes from the enemy that's meant for us. This shield of faith will provide to us, our, uh, that's provided to us from our commander-in-chief, is much more capable of deflecting those blows. Because that's what it's designed for. It's much more capable of deflecting those bows from Satan than anything we can stand behind on our own. Whatever you try to stand behind other than this shield of faith, the arrows are going to get through. Let the shield of faith that God has provided for you take the blows. That's what it's there for. Stand behind the faith in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, our shield of faith has need to be strong. It has to be strong. Okay? And God is not going to give us anything that is weak. God is not going to provide to His children anything that will not accept the, the, the blows from the enemies. For those who have true faith, the faith in God's elect, they have such a shield available to them that, that they will see all the fiery darts that Satan can throw your way, bounce right off, and you're going to remain safe. You're going to, but listen, if you lay down your shield to go over there, put out that fiery dart, you've exposed yourself. And once you expose yourself, you're going to be defeated. At the end of our life, that shield may have dents all in it because of all the blows the enemy threw our way. But we ourselves are kept safe behind it. You know, all the flaming arrows, all the spears, all the swords the enemy sent your way during your life, you know, when they made contact with this shield of faith, they broke in a thousand pieces. Or they just bent like reeds when it hit it. You know, I don't know about you, but I can just picture my shield of faith. Let me tell you something. In the pastorate, <laughs> Satan is always after you. In the pastorate, in any ministry as far as that goes, Satan is always shooting fiery darts to try to get your focus off the battle onto one of these fires that he set. Me, myself, personally, I don't know about you, but I can picture my shield of faith with dents all in it. I mean, I, I can. I can. I can just picture this shield of faith that I stand behind with dents and, you know, knocks and everything else in it, but none of them penetrated it. I think I've got a pretty dented up shield because I have chosen to stand behind it. I have chosen to stand behind it. It has fed, uh, fended off, uh, off all these fiery darts that Satan has sent my way through my lifetime. What do you think your shield looks like this morning? Think about it. Is your shield dented up? Or does it look the same way it did the day he gave it to you because you've laid it down and you've never been willing to hold it up you know I, I don't know about you but the end of my life the end of my life when jesus calls me home i'll still have all these pieces of armor and when he calls me home when my life is over with i want to turn in all of this armor for those in the military you remember when you got you know uh, discharged there were some things you had to turn in the it, things issued to you by the military you had to turn them in and it's the same way in this spiritual warfare we're in 
when we're called home, there's some things we're going to have to turn in. And when I turn in the armor that God has given me, I don't want it to look like it's still new because I never used it. I want to take that shield and I want to say, here, Lord, thank you for this. And all those dents that are in it, I thank you that I was able to stand strong because I stood behind it. What's your gear going to look like when you turn it back in? Is it going to look like the day it was issued to you? If so, you may be one of them, he says in Matthew chapter 21, or 7, you know, 21 through 23, you know. Um, you made it by the skin of your teeth. Or actually, that was in 1 Corinthians. Because he says, you made it. You made it to heaven because you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. You know, I want him to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And again, when I turn in my gear, when I turn in my armor or my issued stuff, I want it to be look used. Look, more, more, one, one important thing to understand about this shield that they used, the Romans used in that time, it couldn't be made of three or four pieces. Now, this big shield, it had to be one solid piece if it was going to be effective. couldn't be made of two or three different, you know, pieces. It had to be one solid piece. So if our shield of faith, or with our shield of faith, it too has to be one piece. Now, here's what I mean by that. It must be made of faith. Faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ and Christ alone. Now, what I mean by that is, is, is this. Not faith in any man. Not faith in your riches. Not faith in your education. Not faith in your knowledge. Not even faith in your church membership or your baptism. It has to be one, made of one piece, and that is your faith in Christ and his finished work on the cross, else your shield will be made of more than one piece and it's going to break apart in the course of battle. Look at here. Here's what the scripture says in 1 John 5.4. For whatsoever is born of God. Are you born of God this morning? In other words, have you experienced the, 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 the second birth, what we call the second birth, that is inviting Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? Whoever is saved, whoever is born of God, overcomes the world. You're an overcomer because you're choosing to stand behind all the armor that God has given to you. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Is what? Even our what? Say it louder. Faith. It's the faith that we have in Jesus Christ and the armor he has issued to us that causes us to be an overcomer in this world. And then Psalm 28, 7 says, the Lord is my strength and my what? The Lord's my strength that I can, hey, you got the strength to hold up this shield. You know, sometimes you may feel like it's getting to be heavy because it's a burden. Maybe it's getting heavy because of all the flaming arrows that are hitting it. But he says, the Lord, your strength. The Lord will give you the strength to continue holding it up. And again, if you're having problems holding it up on your own, grab somebody with you. Grab another Christian brother or sister in Christ and say, 
please help me hold this shield. I'm under attack. But the Lord's your strength. He's your shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and my song, I will sing praise to him. Now, I don't know about you, when I look at that, what that's saying to me is, when you're under attack, sing a song of praise to Jesus. I know that's the last thing I want to do. That's the first thing you should do. When you're under attack, when it feels like you're getting weaker, start singing a praise to Jesus Christ. Start singing a praise. Again, my song, I will praise him. And I'll guarantee you, listen to me, listen to me. If you don't get nothing else out of what I'm going to say, what I've said this morning, listen to me on this. If you begin praising Jesus in your times of trouble, if you begin praising Jesus in your times of attack, if you begin praising Jesus when it just seems like you know, all hell has broken loose in your life and it just seems like you're, you're not going to no, go, go no further, if you will begin to praise Him in song, you'll see your strength begin to come. It'll be just like Popeye eating spinach. What happened when Popeye was about to get defeated and he popped open that can of spinach and what, his strength come back? Listen, that's what a song of praise will do for you spiritually. Try it. You might like it. So the next time you're under attack, next time you feel like you can't go no further, hold that shield. Stay behind it. Whether you've got to hold it in front of you or if the arrows are coming from up high, hold it above you and just begin praising God. Begin praising God. Let me just conclude with this. Where does your strength and your shield come from that you're trying to use in this spiritual battle that you're facing on a daily basis? What is your strength? What is your shield? Where does it come from? If you're attempting to uh, shield off those fiery darts that Satan is hurling your way, you know, every day of your life, and it seems like they're constantly getting through, maybe it's time for you to lay down your man-made shield whatever that shield may be, lay it down and exchange it for this shield of faith that God has provided for you. You know, I don't know why it's so hard for us to have faith in God. Let, 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 let me give you an example of that. You go to the doctor, no offense, doc. You go to a doctor maybe you've never been to before. Somebody has recommended this doctor to you. You go to this doctor and this doctor looks at you, and he prescribes you a prescription. Okay? Now, you take that prescription, or he sends that prescription to the pharmacy. You don't even question this doctor about this medicine, what it, do you? You say, well, this is what the doctor has prescribed, and, you know, this is what I'm going to take. What have you just done? Anybody know? You've put your faith in that doctor without even questioning it. you put your faith that this guy knows what he's doing. Now you take that prescription, you hand it to the pharmacist. The pharmacist puts medicine in a bottle, and if you're like me, something you can't even pronounce. People ask me the other day, what do you take for blood pressure? I don't know. It starts with a T and it starts with an A. That's all I know. 
But you go to the pharmacy, you pick up your prescription that was is pills put in a bottle by a pharmacist you don't even know. And what do you do? You go home and what? Take it. Right? Do you ever question your pharmacist? Are you sure this is what's in this bottle? Are you sure that you put in this bottle what that doctor that I don't even know prescribed, that I put my faith in, that he knows what he's talking about, are you sure the pills in this bottle is what he prescribed? What have you just done? You've put faith in that pharmacist that he put the right medicine in the bottle. You know, I, I, I get my medicine from the VA, and with the VA, I guess they send you the cheapest stuff they can find. I don't know, but, you know, there, there's times that, you know, the medicine that I take for my blood pressure, you know, I get, I get a new one, and it, the pill looks different. You know, from what I understand, they get it from different, what's it called, Doc, different pers- uh, companies, whatever it is, you know, and they look different, okay? No offense about the VA there, okay? You know, I know they pay you a lot of money. So anyway, uh, so I looked, the first time that happened, I looked at this and I said, wait a minute, this don't look like the last pill I had. Come to find out it's a different distributor. I think that's the word I'm looking for, you know? But you know what? I still pop them. I pop them because they was prescribed by a doctor that I put faith in. I pop them because they come from a pharmacy, even though it's a government pharmacy, I guess, you know, that I have faith in and don't even question it. Why is it we have faith in all these human things and we don't even question it, but yet we question God? We question God. God why is that why is that look if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior we're going to give you an opportunity right now to do that when you do that he's going to issue you a full set of armor armor that he expects you to use to protect you from the wiles of the devil. The question is, are you going to use it? Child of God, if you're here today, you've been saved, but you've been trying to fight these battles on your own, let me encourage you, pick up that shield of faith because those fiery darts are going to begin to hit you now, not the shield provided by God. Let's pray.